Welcome to another edition of Put a Word on It. Uh, this is enjoyable. I always like the stories that we're doing where we're kind of going back to interviews and guys that we spent time with. One of my favorites was Thomas Powell. When he walked in the room with this big, bright shirt that he had on and a big smile on his face and this big muscular guy, he'd spent over 30 years in prison. You'd never realize it to look at him, but man, what a powerful story. And now he's doing great. I know he's moved down to Huntsville now. Life is good. He loved the dogs that were here, but he's got this great story. All those years and all of that softened his heart to the man of God that he is. Listen again to the wonderful story of Thomas Powell. Welcome to Put a Word on It, a podcast presented by Men of Valor. In each episode, we're gonna talk with a different man but each one with a unique journey from brokenness to freedom. I'm your host, Rudy Kalis. I spent over 40 years as a TV sportscaster, then retired and joined the Men of Valor program as a volunteer. So join the conversation. Reconciling men to God, their families and society. Welcome to another edition of Put a Word on It, brought to you by Southwestern Investment Group. Thank you for your kind support. I want you to meet a big, strong man, Thomas Powell. When he walked in the room with a smile on his face and this body of strength inside of him, I said, I like this guy. There's some people just a minute you're around him, but man, what a powerful story. You talk about a guy who went through a childhood and went through a difficulty, and in some cases should not be alive today, but he is. And he's alive because God intended for him to be alive and to tell us his story and impact other men. Here's Thomas. So you grew up in Detroit. Yes, I grew up in Detroit. That's a tough town. What was it like as a young man? It was fun. And because I really didn't have like a care or anything like that. It was, you know, my mom took care of me. My stepdad, he was, you know, he was there. So, you know, I knew my real father, but he didn't play a significant role in my life. But my stepdad, he took care of me. He, you know, him and my mom didn't live in the same house, but if I had problems or anything like that, he'll make me come stay mm -hmm. with him. How long did you live in Detroit? Till I was 18. And then what, came to Tennessee, I think? I came to Memphis. And when I was 19, I got arrested. I participated in a crime that cost two people their life. But why? Why did you win me now? If you had a mother was good, stepfather gave you wisdom. It was. What happened to you? It was the lure of the streets. I played sports and stuff like that. But when I got hurt, it was like it was over. I don't. I don't want to play that no more. So it was anything that hurted me or got me in trouble. I I stopped it. And when I was 11, I started smoking marijuana and doing a little stealing here and there. And I joined a, a street gang when I was like 14. And that's when I put a little car theft crew together. And we used to steal cars and take them out of state, stuff like that. 14. Yeah, at 14. Then when my, my mom, them, when I was like 17, they moved to Memphis because my grandmother was sick. So I was stayed up there with my stepdad. And when he passed, I was like, man, I'm finna go. I don't want to stay up here no more. And I ended up coming to Tennessee. 
people you ran with, were you a leader or a follower? Somewhat of a leader. And so then, you brought that mentality of what you'd already begun in Detroit with you to Memphis. Right. Now, the, the, the lies that were taken just happened in an incident yeah. or calculated? It, it happened in an incident. I ended up in 89 going to trial. And the state of Tennessee was seeking the death penalty on me. I was found guilty of second-degree murder. And I ended up with a life sentence and 85 years. My first two and a half years in prison, I was appealing my case. And I got the life sentence overturned to uh, 25 years. But I still had the, the other sentences so it was like running consecutive. So I ended up with a 110 year sentence. And I done 32 years on it. The first five years of it was me wilding out. I was just, you know, I'm here. This is where I'm gonna be. And, and then the, the next 18 years, it was manipulating the system, getting contraband in. And then in 2010, I had got caught with a lot of contraband and I was trying to figure out a way to get out of it. And I guess the spirit told me to stop digging. So I started reading the Bible more and seeking God. And I went to the disciplinary board and I pled guilty to all the charges that they found me on. And I ended up, I, when I got out the hole, I told the guys that I was affiliated with, I'm done, I'm through. And they didn't want to let me go because of my ability to get contraband in the prison system and making everybody a lot of money. I was like, man, I'm done, I'm through, I, it's over. And I talked to a guy and I, he sent me to the STG uh, program and I successfully graduated from that. I basically walked away and I started seeking God and and after that, 10 years later, I was went up for parole and I was set free. Did you feel that like it was God giving you another chance? Yes, it was because I went up for parole in 2015 and I was put off for four years and I was kind of somewhat bitter about that. And one day, because I was working in the kitchen and I was trying to get back to the unit. So they had a trade to go to the health center because where I was at, it's like the hospital for all the inmates across the state to come. So when I took the tray up there, it was, and I said, I got this guy's tray. He came out the room and it was somewhat of an, an eye opening experience for me because when I saw him, he had one leg and he had no arms. And he could have, because his tray wasn't on the cart, he could have cussed me out or anything. He just walked up to me and said, well, rolled up to me and said, thank you, man. I appreciate you bringing my food to me. Oof. And when he said that to me, because at nighttime, I always think about and reflect on my day. And I always try to make each day better than the last day. So when I was reflecting on that and he told me, I said, okay, I get it. This is what God wanted me to see. And 
six months later, when I went up for parole, I was granted parole. But that let me know right there that that's what God was wanting me to see. You joined Men of Valor. You're and, a graduate of the program here. And I what did that do for you? Me coming here, I was kind of leery at first. But then after I got to seeing some of the staff members that that work here, and I started thinking, and I said, man, I want what they got. The love of God that they had and the peace and tranquility that they have. And I say, I want it. I want that. And that's what made me stay. Is there any part of you that is afraid you might go back? No. Why? I say it's my determination to stay free, to serve God. And at first it was, when I first got out, I was like, man, can I adjust to society? You know, because I went to prison when I was, I got locked up when I was 19 years old. So basically that's all I knew. But me coming here to Men of Valor showed me how to be productive and be a good citizen. I would think as a new man, as a man of God, that uh, you look back and you say, I took two lives or I was involved in two lives of people. Um, feel any guilt? Do you feel God's forgiven you? I feel that I've been forgiven. And I know that there's a whole lot of making up that I have to do. You know the name of the program is put a word on it. Have you thought about it? Is there a word that's important to you? Yeah, I'm saying grateful. I'm grateful for the grace that has been shown to me and the grace that has been given to me. What do you want to do now? Just want to continue to be a productive citizen in society. See, I look at you and I say, I, hard for me to imagine that old man, that other man, because there's a look on your face and a smile on your face that just uh, tells me you are changed. Well, let me put a word on it, grateful. You can understand it in his life. You know, after we got done with the taping, he just happened to tell us while he was in prison, there was a hit put out on him because he said he was not going to be part of this gang and all the contraband that they, that they dealt with. And so uh, he didn't know what to do, but he read in the word of God. And then he called a man who he knew was involved with these other men. And he said, I just can't go back to it. And they called it off. And that's one of the reasons that he looks back and says, God's hand was in my life all the way. And you look at him. He's not going back. He's going to make an impact on this world by the powerful testimony of all that he's been through. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Join us again next time as we put a word on it. You've been listening to Put a Word on It. We would love for you to subscribe wherever you download fine podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Put a Word on It is brought to you by Men of Valor. To learn more, go to movministry.com.